0: Welcome to Blue Thread Conversations, the podcast designed for transformational leaders who are reshaping their organizations with game-changing people, culture, and employer brand strategies. Crafted for passionate CHROs, along with HR, brand, and communications leaders, Blue Thread Conversations offers real-world examples of creating organizational impact by designing, communicating, and activating winning employer brand strategies and culture initiatives. Each Blue Thread conversation features industry leaders who will share insights on how your employer brand strategy and employee value proposition can drive measurable business impact by elevating employee experience, accelerating and integrating diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives and reducing organizational risk by ensuring a robust pipeline of top talent. And now, join us for today's episode where we weave a powerful narrative at the intersection of people, culture, and performance.
1: Welcome to today's episode of Blue Thread Conversations. My name is James Powell. On today's episode, we'll be exploring the topic of people-first cultures. In this Blue Thread Conversation, Leandra Harris, one of our managing directors and co-founders of Blue Ivy Group, is joined by Mark Edgar, Chief People Officer at Wajax. Mark is a people-centric, strategic, and innovative Chief People Officer and community builder. He has global experience developing and delivering impactful and business-focused people strategies across a range of sectors. Mark has over 25 years experience building HR solutions across the broad HR agenda, including transformational change, talent management, engagement, and organizational effectiveness. Mark currently works as chief people officer for Wageax one of Canada's leading industrial products and service providers, where he is excited to be building a People First culture for this iconic Canadian company. Mark lives in Canada with his wife and has two grown up daughters. He spends his time enjoying soccer, or what he calls football, and traveling around in his RV named Ramsey. And with that introduction, let's join today's Blue Thread conversation.
2: Hello, Mark. Good morning. Hi, Leandra. Good morning. Welcome to our third podcast on Blue Thread Conversations. Really, really excited to have you. Because we're talking about people first, it seems appropriate to start this podcast by asking how you are. How's January starting? I'm
3: very good, thank you, Leandra. Yes, uh, that makes perfect sense to start um, thinking about the people part of it, doesn't it, considering the theme of today's yeah. uh, conversation. But yeah, no, I'm really good, thank you. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm really good. Any? Are you like a New Year's resolutions person, or how, how's that coming along?
3: Um, I'm not particularly, to be honest. No, I, um, no. I, I think the, the New Year's resolution fad doesn't necessarily resonate with me particularly. I, I think it's a nice time to to kind of take a bit of uh, opportunity to reflect and think about where you're at in in all aspects of, of your life um so I, you know, I i likely did that probably consciously and unconsciously um mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's uh, in terms of turning that into some sort of new year's resolution not particularly my thing i have noticed how busy the gyms are which i know is a common thing <laughs> um i'm looking forward to to February, when it uh, gets back to normal, but um, but no, not particularly. Are you, I haven't asked you that before, are you a New Year's resolution person?
2: Not usually, but I am this year. Only one. I have one. Mark, and it's. I think it's realistic and it's to meditate, which is a struggle for me. I'm all about, I go to the gym really early in the morning, but I'm really trying to do that. Only five minutes a day. And so far, it's so good, Mark. Are you
3: so, seeing the benefits? Or?
2: I am. Like, I feel... A little calmer. I should probably do it longer, but I'm being kind to myself. But yeah, I, I do feel
3: a little. I think little that's calmer. how it works. I think, okay. isn't it? You kind of start with a reasonable period of time, and then you you kind of increase it. um exactly. what Are we going to try now? Exactly. Is that the nature of this problem?
2: Let's try. That's okay. what we're going to do. Right. So, how do we go from meditation to you and your role at WayJax? We're gonna try and then make that That's jump, Mark. So <laughs> you,
3: you led us down this path, leandros so I know, so, I know. Help help. We'll
2: meditate later. <laughs> so, we'll meditate later. So, Mark, tell me. Let's let's start with your role at Wayjax and so curious to know how did Wajax convince you to join their team after you confess that you are a recovering yeah.
3: CHRO.
2: Walk me through yeah, I mean, that, that story. The recovering
3: CHRO <laughs> thing is, is a good reminder that you have to be careful what you put on uh, on social media because uh, once you put it there, it's there forever. But, um, but yeah, I did say that. And uh, I think it's a uh, relevant part of, of my story and, and not, you know, I won't kind of bore your audience too much, but maybe a couple of relevant bits. So as you, as you can probably tell from my dulcet tones, I, I was originally from the UK, so I was working in the, HR field for uh, a number of years and um, was one of those lucky people who realized I think quite early that that HR was the thing that I wanted to do and and I think that came from this slightly corny but genuine aspect of just wanting to help people and you know considered being a teacher at one stage and wasn't clever enough to go into the uh, to be a health professional in any way but, but HR got a bit of a niche and it was also a bit of a signal to my, my dad and, and my, uh, my brother, who both went the engineering route. I was conscious of doing something a bit different, I think. I was in HR in the UK, working for some fantastic, always quite big companies, um, companies going through a lot of transformation, and then came over to Canada in, um, in 2011. Fun fact actually, today is our 13 year anniversary of being in Canada. Oh, so We're
2: lucky well, to have you.
3: Thank you. And we're you're kind of exploring what we can do that's particularly Canadian this evening but haven't come up with any particular ideas yet other than eating food team but I'm sure we'll come up with something um
2: and maple syrup yes maple syrup. yeah covering yes.
3: himself in yes. maple syrup maybe and yes brown, <laughs> uh, I don't know maybe not maybe not
2: but yeah we'll stop there <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. So, uh, so yeah so came to Canada um had the uh, opportunity to work for a big uh, insurance company running HR for them and that was great you know going through lots of change etc but um I then spent a bit of time doing the Consulting thing, which I was really enjoying, three and a half years, and I think in in that role, it really was a reminder for me, uh, in terms of the recovering part, that I probably did need a bit of a break from the corporate world. Mm-hmm. I, th- I found it quite frustrating in many respects, in terms of really that that I like to think about it almost the, the quarterly churn that I see in many organisations, where organisations are ch- chasing results. I, you know, I'm, I'm not silly. I understand why. You chase results and um, you know the, the, the value that capitalism brings to the world, but it, it really was a pretty, uh, pretty one-sided view in many respects. That I was experienced on occasion, and when I think about my values and, and the contribution that I can make, that, that really didn't sit well with me. Um, so for that basis, the, the opportunity right. to kind of take that experience and, and spend some time consulting for three and a half years was great, and I was enjoying it. I uh, had a bit more choice about the sort of work that I could do, uh, and you know, out of the blue, in some ways, uh, an opportunity came across my desk, as as they, uh, as they sometimes do. And it was it was pretty compelling, the you know, opportunity to be chief people officer for a company called Wajax, which admittedly I hadn't heard of, um, did my research, uh, yes. met various people. And what really piqued my interest was a couple of things. I think just one, the, the kind of really rich legacy that it has as an organization. It's a company that's been around for over 165 years, so it's older than Canada. The fact that it is a Canadian company with uh, over 125 locations, coast to coast. Um, and then the particular thing, I think that's three things, actually. I think I may have said two, but three things. Uh, the third thing really being this opportunity to, to create what, what we're calling a people-first company, as you, uh, as you alluded to earlier. And, and those three elements have, have made it a pretty uh, pretty compelling proposition. And, uh, and here I am a year later.
2: And Mark, what does Wejex do?
3: think a nice way of thinking about it is that we keep Canada moving so um mm-hmm. so we, we're an organization that, that's essentially split into to kind of two key business areas one is is selling parts so we sell all sorts of, of parts from, from bearings uh, to belts to bigger bits of, of, of equipment so a distribution business selling other companies products uh, and then we uh we sell and service big machinery mm-hmm. um so it could be anything from a a bus that's, that's taking you down to Toronto through to a, a, a massive mining excavator. Um, but again, that's uh, selling and servicing other people's equipment. Um, and so, that, yeah, I think that, that it's relevant in terms of what we do, uh, and we do it quite successfully. Uh, we have some great relationships with customers. Uh, we're a profitable listed business on the uh, Toronto Stock Exchange. But I think the key thing is that, that we are, a people business. And so, you know, it makes sense to be people first when you're a people business. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, one of those, again, cliches that I've heard so many people mention in my career, but, but we genuinely are all about the people because we don't have any specific IP, we don't have any specific uh, products that we've created ourselves. It's about the people mm-hmm. who are making and creating what we call exceptional experiences for our customers that is really a critical component.
2: So let's talk about people. You have an amazing podcast, Mark. You've spoken about macro trends, including changing employee expectations. I would love to know your perspective. How do you feel employees' expectations are changing with respect to what they want in a work experience today
3: yeah no I think it's, I think it's an, an important question probably one of those in some ways I think almost like never-ending questions I'm not sure we'll ever quite okay. get the uh, the answer which yeah I think makes it challenging but also you know quite fun it's so dynamic in terms of the way in which that that topic really does evolve um but yeah I, you know I, I've certainly been a key, a key learner when it comes to thinking about the future of work and you've probably been studying that since 2016, in, in one form or another, and, and reading lots of books and articles, and attending conferences, and and listening to podcasts, etc., and, and it's really, I think, trying to to recognise that I think as HR leaders, we have such a critical role in in being able to have a sense of what all those external trends are that are going on, and bring those into the organisation in a way that makes it quite compelling and, and practical to to the organisation, the strategy that you're trying to move forward, and. I think CHROs play a pretty unique role in that. I think we have a pretty unique opportunity to to have that uh, more outside-in perspective that not necessarily many other C-suite mm-hmm. or, or functional roles perhaps have. But you need to, if you're gonna think that, then you need to put your money where your mouth is in some ways and actually be able to provide those insights into the organization. Um, so you said that's certainly something that, that I've been thinking a lot about in terms of the trends that are impacting impact in work uh, and particularly when it comes to, to changing expectations and I think there's a lot there's a lot going on uh, and they'll continue to be so so anything from from demographic changes you know there's there's a yeah. a bit of a view that that if you start to pick out the generational differences then it can be a bit of a lazy view of thinking about your your working population but I think there's also evidence to show that we are all the output of the world in which we were brought up. So if you're brought up at a certain time uh, Mm -hmm. when certain things were going on in the world, then that's going to impact you as an individual and your relationship in this case with work. Uh, And so I think that's certainly an important consideration. Somebody with uh, daughters in their in their twenties, you know, I can certainly uh, relate to that as well. Um, I think there's two perspectives I'd I'd maybe offer. I I think it's one is being conscious of some of the viral trends that we see. Uh, And so you know, somebody who will occasionally uh, doom scroll through various social media. I think things like the, you see a lot around Sunday scaries, the Monday blues, one I saw the other day in terms of lazy yeah. girl jobs, et cetera. And I think this kind of creates a, a real um, misnomer in many ways. I think it's a bit of a disservice to the, the, the general working population who, who get up, they want to do a good job, uh, they want to feel a sense of purpose, a feel of belonging, uh, feels that their skills are really being utilized. Uh, And I think the the other Mm. perspective is that it's the kind of reality of what we see every day that we're dealing with and and people having to uh, deal with changing technology, having to deal with a huge amount of geopolitical uncertainty that's going on in the world at any particular time, uh, a risk of uncertainty, the the kind of challenge around kind of hiring lots of people into a sector and then laying a lot of people off, etc. So. I think be able to take into consideration all of these things and bring those into the the kind of work that you do on a day-to-day basis is really important in HR. Um, but the, you know, in terms of rather mm-hmm. than necessarily what the specific things that have changed, I i sometimes wonder whether it hasn't yeah. really changed that much as well. It kind of changes mm-hmm. in some ways, um, you know, week to week month to month in terms of different themes. But when I stop and think about the the work I was doing 30 years ago as an HR Leader or an HR manager back in the UK, and the work that we're doing now with people, we're still trying to develop people. We're still trying to provide that sense of of purpose, that sense of belonging. I, th- I acknowledge, of course, we're doing it in a much more complex environment, but the fundamentals perhaps are also still there. So, um so yeah, it's an interesting conundrum I think for us to work through. Mm-hmm.
2: And what's what would you say is the main strategy that you're focused on at Wageax to address that? ongoing challenge that we have right as chros um given this kind of changing expectations which i believe is constant yeah i think
3: i think you're 100 is, is certainly taking uh, take into consideration all those things as we think about it and, and the, the the banner we're using is to continue to build a people-first company mm-hmm. and and it's you know it's nice to have that uh you know, kind of strap line to to rally behind mm-hmm. um, we have Six priorities when we think about the work we've got to do in 2024 as an organization and beyond. But this is our, our top priority. This and, and it's the first one, not by accident. It's there for a reason. So we see the opportunity to, uh, of being a people-first company as, as really the way in which we'll differentiate in a, a pretty competitive market. We've been through a five-year strap plan process. So we have clarity around what our, our business goals are. How we want to grow as an organization over the next five years, and being a people first company is a, a fundamental, if not the most fundamental, component of that. So, um, so yeah, that's what we're rallying behind.
2: Now, we've had a conversation about this, Mark. About putting people first. That's a bold commitment. That's a bold promise. Is it achievable? Some people may say, "What do you do if you have to lay off people? What do you do if you're?" you know, managing performance, like, what are your thoughts? Is it achievable?
3: Yeah, and I, you know, you, you've been quite intimately involved in the work, which we've, we've really appreciated the, the partnership and the, the the perspectives that you brought to it. And, and, you know, I remember when you asked me that question, and it really stopped me and made me think about it again, because, you know, words are easy in many respects, words are important, but words are easy. But, but really feeling that sense of, of confidence that you can stand behind these words is is important and, and your question gave me that opportunity just to, to kind of pause and, and reflect on, on on the words and, and whether we could stand up to them mm-hmm. and I, I was you know really pleased to, to to be able to think come back to you and say yes we can mm-hmm. and and this is something that is quite different I think it is quite unique mm-hmm. that's you know in many respects why I'm I'm here doing this work mm-hmm. is to find a unique unique way of really delivering on that that people first element of our strategy in service of results. We're not doing it because it's a nice thing to do. Mm -hmm. We kind of are to a certain extent. We're doing it because it's the it's the right thing to do uh, and it's the the thing that will, will drive results. But but there's also a perspective of it which I think gets into just the important role that the organizations play in society these days. And I think one thing that, uh, that Iggy Domogelski, our, our CEO, and I talk about a fair bit is is the the reality of, of the world that we live in these days, and the fact that you don't have the same elements of of alignment uh, in the world. You know, we're we're seeing a very diverse world that we live in now, and and lots of uh, lots of different perspectives that that people are trying to take. I think people don't have the same level of trust and. Uh, level of influence over different elements of society that perhaps they would have done in the past and you would know, be that be that religion uh, or be that uh, different ways in which people react with communities etc so that actually puts a lot of pressure on on companies a lot of pressure on organizations and, and and we could ignore that you know we could say well that's you know we're here to kind of keep Canada moving in terms of making sure that people have the right products and, and people have the right equipment to do the work they have to do. But but that's not the perspective we're taking. We, we see the important role that we play as an organization and the role that we can uh, kind of play in influencing the, the communities in which we have our operations and the communities in which our our people and their families work. And we want to influence that as well. So it's a pretty, pretty bold proposition. Um, you know, I've been doing this kind of HR work for a long time and, and I haven't heard people and you know Iggy in particular talk about things in a way that feel quite as compelling as they do here at Mm Wayjax um and so yeah that's why we're we're taking it seriously and think it's something that, that we really want to work towards achieving
2: yeah I love that there's also that DEI element too right and connection which people are so longing for that commitment will bring people together, make them feel like they belong at Wagex and feel connected. And I, I love that. Yeah,
3: I think so I think it's so important. And and you know, I, I've I've heard you say this on podcasts before, you know, people spend so much time at work. It's you know disproportionate to the amount of time that they spend with with family, with friends. And so if you don't have that opportunity to feel that real sense of of being cared for, that real sense of being yourself, that, that real sense of connection, then that's going to influence you. That's going to have an impact on you, and, and likely a negative impact on you in terms of your own well-being and your own kind of ability to thrive. So, if we're able to to ensure that that people are having a, a you know a, an enjoyable experience at work, feeling fulfilled, feeling as though their their amazing skills are being utilized every day, and going home and, and being better fathers, being better brothers, being better wives, Ooh. better friends, whatever it might be, then then you know we, we think our work is done. Um, but it's going to be challenging. We're not kind of underestimating the the work that needs to be done to get there. And we have some amazing leaders at WayJacks. We have uh, an amazing team of, of over three thousand people, and they're doing amazing things every day. But there's the inconsistency. There's things where we're not living up to that promise, uh, and that's the work that, that we need to do.
2: So I'd love to take a step back, Mark, and. Can you share with us what does "people first mean at Waitjacks?
3: Yeah, I think it's a really important question. It's you know the, the most important question, and you know to be honest, and, and you know this, Landra, but for the um, benefit of the listeners, it's something that we're we're wrestling with right now, and and the conversations mm-hmm. are, are really important to get that clarity because again, you're saying we're a people first company, I can say it, we're a people first company, yeah. um, but being able to really yeah. ensure that we've got clarity and alignment around what we mean by that is something that we're going to. Uh, we, we're working through right now. And we have some, you know, some definitions. I, I expect they might evolve and, and be tweaked over the coming weeks. Um, so I think, you know, for the, for the benefit of, of, of this conversation, I think the way in which I would really encapsulate it is that we're a we're people-first company when we're consistently living our, our values every day that we have as an organization. So we spent a lot of time in, in 2023, back end of 2022 before my time in 2023, Creating a set of values, and if we live those values every day, then we would be a people-first company. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's you know, the, the next obvious question is, well, how do you know you're living your values every day? And we can kind of go down that yeah. path. But essentially, I think it's really trying to to bring those values into the conversation and ensure that that we're we're living up to that ambition. And when I when I talk about this to people, they're, they're often looking for proof points. They're looking for kind of situations where Perhaps in the past we would have done something a certain way and and now we're in a different way mm-hmm. and so i think that's going to be really important and also it's you know it's it takes you down a bit of a a negative debbie down a road if we're not careful but also challenging yourself around well what happens if you are in a situation where as an organization you have to to deal with with somebody who's underperformed um or perhaps you have to deal with somebody who's not meeting expectations and and how are you going to deal with those situations in a, in a first way or or, or, or the economy does take a bit of a downturn and we're not able to, to necessarily maintain the levels of um, uh, kind of the team levels that we have at the moment. How are you going to deal with, with those situations if there is a downturn? I think It's there where, where we'll right. have tests. We, we'll do a scenario planning around those things uh, as a way of really just exploring how would we react. Uh, and I think that will also help give us clarity. I have a pretty clear view in my mind of what being people first means. Um, And yeah, that's helpful. I'm the the chief people officer, so you'd hope that I have a bit of a sense of what it involves. But that's not really enough. That's not going to be the thing that's going to kind of uh, necessarily resonate with the organization. I need to get input from a much broader population and ensure there's that alignment. Um, And then from there, I think we'll have the clarity we need to move forward and deliver on our plan.
2: I would love to know, Mark, if there's listeners that, love what you're saying and want to make that commitment what are the lessons learned what do they need to do if they want to make that type of commitment in their organization for it to really be authentic and to resonate um, with their employees how do they go about it i think
3: there's two commitments i I would think about I i think one is is the commitment from senior leadership and and really ensuring that you have that and the, the, the unique situation that we're in here is that this, this isn't my strategy. This is Ziggy's strategy. This is Ziggy's kind of ambition. This is his vision as our, our president and CEO. And he, and he had this vision even before he and I would met. So, you know, I, I'm really there as somebody to kind of facilitate and bring this to life. So that commitment that, that he has uh, and that, that then evolves into the commitment that the, the senior leadership team have, I think, is the most critical component of this. That's why this is the top priority. Uh, That's why we've done the work around around purpose and values. That's why we'll hold people accountable to to behaviors as we start to define them. That's why we're investing in this work. So so that that is the key thing. Um, And I've not met many leaders. I've worked with some amazing leaders uh, and some very professional, very talented leaders over my career and, and feel very lucky that I've done that. But they don't all believe that organizations should be people first. They, they might say it, uh, they might say similar words, but in terms of really believing that, that's, I think, the thing that's quite unique in this situation. So I think that's one part of it, uh, the commitment from senior leadership. And I think the second commitment is the, the commitment to listen to people. So we, we're really ensuring that we're doing this through a very collaborative approach. This isn't about getting a bunch of people in a room in a head office and coming up with some sort of missive and and pushing it out through your internal intranet. This is about really engaging people to get their perspectives, uh, and then really playing that back to them in terms of, you you said these things, this is what we heard in terms of what you value, this is what you heard in terms of what Wajax is doing on its best day, uh, that we want to make more consistent. So I think that commitment to listening is another critical component. And that can be really hard i I sent an email to a group of people this morning that that were involved in some of those listening sessions and those focus groups to give them a bit of an update and in sending the email like you know i felt bad that i hadn't sent them an update sooner um everything Mm -hmm. else going on so as soon as you set that commitment to to listen to people there's an obligation to to keep them updated and to to make sure that we're bringing them on that journey and and that Yeah, that can be hard. Uh, and Mm -hmm. you know, again, wouldn't claim to always get it right. But I think having the the intention, the commitment to do that is another critical component for our work.
2: I love that. I love that. Is there anything you had to do, Mark, to get the commitment? I mean, Iggy, having that commitment from the the top is is critical. Mm -hmm. And you're so right. He's so inspiring because it is part of his belief system. But what about the other leaders? Is there anything you had to do as CHRO to get them? on board with this people first commitment i mean
3: similar things in a way we've, we've kind of listened to them a lot um so lots and lots of conversations uh investing a lot of time in in building relationships with them so that they can really sort of feel that that level of uh your kind of trust and, and building some credibility opportunity to really learn the business i've 125 sites in, in a year i've visited more than 60 of those locations um just to really get a sense of of what a day in the life of a branch manager of technician is, is really like and making those connections with people I think has been really important um and then finding really practical ways of of making a difference so um you know we say our, we'd never claim victory too soon or say our organization is perfect we're, we're far from it we're a we're kind of rich tapestry of mm-hmm. stories and people and the situations, but you know, one thing uh, that we inherited was a uh, you know, relatively high early attrition. So we we're finding mm. that we weren't necessarily mm. being able to to create an environment for, for our new starters where they felt that sense of, of belonging, feeling part of the WayJacks family, quickly. Uh, and so we're seeing that a uh, you know, too too high a number of people were leaving within the first year. And yeah, that that has all sorts of impacts on the business uh, in terms of our ability to deliver our customers, uh, the opportunity for us to really ensure that we're able to to meet the the expectations of the results we're trying to achieve, etc. And so that's something we worked hard at in 2023 to, to make a, a reasonably significant reduction on. And so I think people seeing the impact that we can have by improving our selection process, by improving our onboarding, by putting different um, kind of interventions in place to make sure people do feel connected. Uh, people then start to see some confidence in, in the work that we're trying to do. So if there are people mm-hmm. who are feeling a bit cynical about it and, you know, realistically, if your chief people officer and your CEO are, are talking about this stuff mm-hmm. every day, it might be unlikely that you, you would voice that cynicism, although we'd, you know, we'd love you to, so that we can help to, to talk through um, where that comes from. Um, I think being able to have those proof points in place has really helped us to build some momentum.
2: I love that. Tell me about managers, Mark. Like how will you engage your managers because they're a critical stakeholder to kind of bringing that commitment to life? What's
3: your plan there? Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd maybe say the, the most critical. And I, I think that's the case in, in many organizations. But I think, again, particularly Wage Acts because of the, the distributed nature of, of our workforce and and how we're organized. So, uh, And there's a lot of uh, research. You know, McKinsey you've done a lot of work around thinking about the importance of the role of the, the middle manager and and how in many uh, in many ways that that role gets underestimated in terms of the impact it can have on an organization and also how fulfilling it can be as a career it's kind of should be seen as a bit more of a a destination type role for people rather than something that people are kind of passing through to get to you know a, a kind of perception that 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 moving into more senior roles is is the only way so um i think that yeah you know, that's kind of makes that that middle management role really important in terms of what we want to do and, and the key thing we're thinking about is really ensuring that people feel uh, able to to continue to think about the strengths that they have as leaders. So I don't want to be in a situation where we have a bunch of robots who are, are leading in a, a very particular way at Wayjacks. I want people to feel mm-hmm. this sense of, of freedom. Our, our our purpose is empowering people to build a better tomorrow. So the word empowerment is really important in all the work that we think about. So giving people the opportunity to feel this sense of freedom in terms of how they lead, how they deal in different situations, but in some ways being able to provide them with a bit of guidelines around that. It's almost like that idea of the, this is the sandbox that we want you to play in um, is the work that I imagine we'll have to do. And As part of that, I think it's, it's really going through that journey, which we do as leaders in any capacity, but really ensuring that you have that Self awareness to to really ensure you understand what impact you're having on other people as a leader, having the self awareness to understand how the values could uh, kind of of challenge or or offer some alternatives in terms of how you're dealing with different situations, and then being open to to thinking about new ways and different ways of doing things if if that's required. So it's a very individual process. It's, It's quite a Imagine it being quite a a kind of an intimate process with leaders um, and one full of of kind of curiosity and self-exploration. And we've got a bunch of of leaders that we we will work through uh, on that journey. And it's Mm -hmm. going to take time. We've got over 400 leaders at Wayjack, So ensuring that we're able to provide that much more kind of individualized experience for them. Uh, and provide them with the space to really explore some of these different concepts and what it means for their role, for them as, as people, um, is, is going to be really important work that, that would will, will, will kick off this year.
2: I would love when you're, you know, in a couple of months and a year, Merc, to have you back, because I'm just so fascinated with what's going to happen to the manager role. I think they need lots of love, attention, it needs to be redefined, so can't wait to find yeah, out
3: sure
2: yeah i'm no, happy to come back and, back and get
3: lots of ideas because it's um i think it is tricky and, and you, you're right it's you know a good reminder that a lot of this also is tied into the practicalities of their role as well and what are we asking yes. them to do so the fact that there are many leadership positions and wage acts we know uh, would, wouldn't be different here have been really pushed to, to take on a lot of other activities that that they may may in many respects be taking away from their role as a leader and you know another part of me with my kind of more the the more hr part of my um cpo hat is is thinking about how we do get leaders to take more accountability around certain hr transactions that uh, that are otherwise sitting with other members of, of, of the team and not being dealt with in the right the, the right place necessarily so so it's a bit of a dichotomy to work through um but the you know the, the the way in which you as a, a leader are interacting with people in those individual moments is the, the kind of key element that's really going to make us people first. So we have to kind of create time for that uh, and ensure that people uh, understand the expectations around doing that in a way that, that feels uh, authentic to them.
2: Love that. Take time for it. Underline, underline. Yeah. That's great, Mark. Last question. I could keep you forever. <laughs> How does this work fit in with your overall business goals as well as your EVP?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. You know this with, with me, Leandro, I'm a kind of a bit of a fan of a framework. Um, mm. you know, it's a way of just organizing my own kind of thinking around this. You know, it's not necessarily something that we always then have to kind of present through to, to teams and, um, you know, have, uh, have dotted around the office. But it is important, I think, to, to have that thinking and make sure that everything is aligned. I think in terms of how it fits into the business you know, probably the simple answer is it, it is the business this is you know this this is the business strategy is to be people first is to be people first is the component that will allow us to to ultimately drive the performance of the business and you know whilst there's all sorts of elements of making sure that we've got the right inventory that we've got the right qualified people to to, to service trucks et cetera that, you know, there's all sorts of of, of more of tangible tactical things, but they all come from the people. They all come from ensuring that our people feel have that clarity, uh, feel uh, that that sense of accountability around their role. They, they want to serve our customers. They want to collaborate with each other. They want to continuously improve. It all starts with people. So in many respects, it is the business. We need to find a way of, of obviously articulating that both internally uh, and uh, and then externally in terms of the the promise, the, the EVP. In many respects and again that's the the work that we want to do in a yeah, pretty compelling simple way um, because it'll then become almost like the, the you know the boilerplate for, for all the different work that we do moving forward and I think that that clarity will allow us to to really be much more focused around the work that we're doing there's there's no shortage of good ideas there's no shortage of things that we could do and just chuck ideas at the organization but I want to be in a situation where we're being very decisive in what we're doing because we're super confident that it's going to make a difference for people and it's going to make us people first and a lot of that's going to include ongoing listening sessions lots of feedback loops uh, tracking both lead and lag indicators give us the opportunity to really think about how this is is taking in the organization how this is building momentum and i, I think we'll be ready to, to kind of pivot uh, and we'll be ready to change um, but really ensuring that we're we're able to to have that clarity around through the EVP of the the different things that we need to do to, to drive the organization forward.
2: Well, I'm excited for you, Mark. You inspire me. I have so much respect for you, so I can't wait to have you back so we can learn more about how this work is evolving. Mark, how do people, if they want to hear more about you and your views on the world of work and and keep up to date on what's going on with you how can they find you
3: well first uh, you know just to to echo what you've said there leandro we certainly couldn't have got here without the support of of you and 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 blue ivy group so huge fans of the the work that you do and um thank you so much for for everything you've done and um thanks in advance for everything that you're going to do to (laughs) help us on this journey um because you know we'll we'll make you won't but we'll make lots of mistakes we won't get this right and, and we'll be very open to learning and evolving and, and you know certain very open to sharing experiences um but yeah to answer your question you know i'd encourage people to to follow the way story um i think it's going to be a fun ride and uh and we're, we're we're kind of out there on social media as we've got more to show and more to share i, I think we'll be doing even more of that over the coming uh, months and years but uh you're know, an organization for proud Canadians who uh, that's been around for 165 years who want to be around for another 165 years is a pretty, pretty cool story. Um, so I encourage you to follow us there. Um, I do have uh, a couple of passion projects, uh, things that I do on the side, uh, and most specifically, uh, a community called future forward, uh, which is designed for HR professionals, uh, many of which I'm sure are your listeners, and that does include uh, a weekly newsletter, uh, it includes, uh, a weekly podcast. Uh, and also uh, various other resources and uh, communities that we have there. So I encourage you to to look up futureforward.com uh, and the R in forward is HR. That was uh, my partner in crime Naomi's uh, inspiration. Um, so futureforward.com uh, as a way of, uh, yeah, really tapping into some of this work. We're on a, a mission to make work better uh, and I'm in the fortunate position of being able to do that every day uh, in my job at WageApp.
2: Thank you again, Mark, really enjoyed our conversation.
3: Thanks, Deandra. Have a You good
2: too.
1: Wow. Did you find that conversation as inspiring as I did? Mark left us with some powerful questions to consider as we lead and work within our own organizations. What if members of your team could leave work feeling better? What if work could lead to better relationships at home? I loved how Mark shared that at Wajax, they see the important role that their organization can play in influencing the communities that they work in. I'm also impressed by Mark's vulnerability in sharing that they haven't figured everything out and that their leadership team continues to ask the harder questions. How do you deal with underperformance in a people-first way? How do you work through an economic downturn in a people-first way? At Wayjax, Using their EVP as a framework for their people first business strategy means that they're committed to a continual journey of listening, growing, and evolving with their team members and partners. What are some of the biggest takeaways you had from this Blue Thread conversation? What additional questions do you have for Mark or Leandra? How can you take today's conversation to create impact in the spaces where you work today? Reach out to us on LinkedIn or at blueivy.com. Thanks again for joining us today. And another big thank you to Mark for sharing part of what he's building at Wajax.
0: Thanks for joining our Blue Thread conversation. We want to hear from you. What did you think of today's episode? What future conversations or topics would you like to hear or be a part of? Visit us at blueivygroup.com, B-L-U-I-V-Y-G-R-O-U-P.com and connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this podcast so that you can become part of our passionate community of changemakers who want to build a world of human-centered and high-performing workplaces. Thanks again for joining us, and remember that change is incremental. And that we all have a leadership role in building impactful, human centered employer brands and activating performance based cultures. Goodbye for now, and we look forward to connecting with you soon on our next episode of Blue Thread Conversations.